Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Reliance Podcast. Join us Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, 9.30 or 11. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. guys as you're making your way back to your seats. Hey, I want to say thank you for digging into prayer. I know, again, we, we, we hear the same thing over and over. A lot of people are like, man, that's really uncomfortable. I got to tell you, we have the greatest weapon against the enemy is our prayer life. Amen? Amen? And yet, it's the one thing that so many times we can be most uncomfortable with or, or get bored with or, or get tired with. But guess, it's not new. Jesus goes to the garden to pray, leaves the disciples to pray for him on the outskirts, says, will you tarry with me? They're falling asleep. Look, it's the same thing in our time, amen? And so what we're praying for this year is that we bolster our prayer life in the house of the Lord. Amen, church? Amen. amen. That's, I'm not preaching on that, but that we could if we wanted to. Um, hey, a couple things. On your chairs, uh, you saw a little thing when you came in. It's called School of Ministry. Uh, we're going to be starting up this deal called School of Ministry at the end of January. Jeremiah Wood. Jeremiah Wood in the house. I know you're tall. Stand up. This guy right here, Jeremiah Wood is going to be helping lead this and steer this thing. And so um, it will be on the app next week. Is that right? And so take this with you. Remind yourself. Check out the app. And it's just going to be kind of some deep dives in Scripture, how to read the Bible, how to read things in context. And it's going to be it's what it is. It's a school of, of, of ministry taking us deeper and deeper and deeper into the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Hopefully you guys can check that out. A couple of things coming up. Um, First of all, uh, we've got our kids lock-in coming up. If you've got a third through a fifth grader, January 13th, um, they're going to have a lock-in. God bless those volunteers that are going to do that with third through fifth graders. That is brutal. Uh, but anyways, they're going to be at the church with them all night long. It's a free night out for you parents if you have them. So I uh, hope you guys take advantage of that. Oh, hey, January 21st. Everybody say January 21st. We're having a family night, um, and it's going to be on, it's a Saturday, it's going to be at Emanuel Baptist Church at their Life Center. They've got uh, volleyball courts, basketball courts, racquetball courts, pickleball, they've got, uh, uh, what are you calling it, T uh, table tennis, ping pong, good night. They've got uh, ping pong, um, they've got kids things, so it's for the whole family, we're going to do pizza, inviting the whole church to come out, hopefully you guys can come and be a part of that, that's January 21st. And then, um, real quick, one more thing, I want to throw out, if you came on Christmas Eve to the 3.30 service, I just want to throw out a quick apology to you. Um, we, we planned for, I think we set up, we, every chair that we have in the church is out at 490 chairs. We set up all the chairs, that's what we planned for, and we had about 50 or 60 of you sitting out in the lobby, because we had over 540 something. So here's the thing, at, yeah, that's great, unless you were sitting in the lobby, no, I'm just kidding. But here's my point. If you were in the lobby, I don't know who you were. We're sorry. Jesus loves you. He was still born for you. Amen? Yeah. All right. I just want to throw that out because um, I felt really bad about that. Um, I want to talk today uh, about seeking and pursuing the Lord in this new year. Um, uh, it's, new Year's is always a fun time. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of uh, evaluation. It's a time of decisions. It's a time for many uh, of change. And, and not often does New Year's uh, fall on a Sunday. I mean, it's pretty, right, every couple, six years, whatever it is, um, unless it's a leap year and that's even longer. So you, you've got New Year's falling on this, and I really felt like it would be um, really good for us today as, as a church to really do some heart work in this, um, on this day for, for what 2023 is going to hold for us. And I don't want to miss that opportunity. And I, I'm reminded as I was praying through this week 
uh, the Lord brought about the verse in Ezekiel 36, just reminded about this verse in Ezekiel 36, 26, where the Lord says, I'll give you a, everybody say new heart, and I'll put a, everybody say new spirit, new spirit in you, and he says, I will remove, not, not you will remove, the Lord says, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Like, I believe that there's a work that the Lord wants to do in this new year on your heart. And it's not going to be through your trying and, like, I'm going to pull myself up thing that we always say in here. It's going to be through your pursuit of him. Amen? The more that you draw into him, his word says, he draws into you. There's going to be a heart work that's going to be done. You're going to see that new heart, new spirit come out in you. I just believe that. Um, so this idea about a new heart is a big thing, and, and so with the new heart comes heart checkups, and that's really what I want to do today. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. If you're a New Year's resolution person, awesome. Let me give you a quick statistic on that. 130 million people will make a New Year's resolution today. 10% of those will actually keep them, all right? So just, that's, that's for free again, right there. So if that's you, awesome, be in that 10%. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions, I'm talking about a heart work where we sit down and we have some conversations with the Lord about what it is that we're seeking and pursuing in our life. What is it that I'm after in, in, my, in my life? And so um, today I want to talk about that. And I love the word pursue. I love the word pursue or, or pursuit. I, I, don't, I think I love it because it's an action word. I, I, I've shared uh, this story before, but I remember when I saw my wife for the first time. We were sophomores in high school. Mm, she, she looked good. I remember we were at camp. It was, a, it, was a, it was a church camp. Supposed to be going there to learn about the Lord. And I saw her, all right? Like an angel descended, whatever. But we were there. And I remember, and I've shared this story with many of you, that, that I'm like, I've got to do something so that she noticed me. I've got to pursue her in some way. Like, there's no way she's going to see me if I just kind of hang back here. So I'm going to pursue her. And so for the next like two years, three years that we went to this same camp because she was from Nebraska, I was from Kansas, right? So over those courses of those three years of going to camp, I did everything that I could to pursue her. And, and so as men, I've shared this before, as men, we do stupid things sometimes in our pursuits. Amen, men? Amen. Jump over fires, try to jump over the car that's driving. We're idiots. That's just the way it is. But I remember we were on that mountain, we went up to see the sunset, there was a big group of guys, big group of girls, and there was this thing in my heart that rose up in me and says, you need to pursue her, okay? So the greatest thing that I could think about to pursue her was to show off, right? This is what I did. So I ran down, you remember, I ran down the mountain in Colorado as fast as I could, remember this? There was a branch that was about, I don't know, five feet in the air. I was going to grab onto it, like do a spin, flip, aerial, land. This is how it went in my mind. <laughs> so I start running down, right? I grab it, and instead of flipping around it, my hand slipped. Now I'm airborne. Now I just look like an idiot. And I remember going down about 20 feet, and I landed, and I just skipped down the mountain, and I thought, oh, dear Lord, I just ruined my future marriage, Right? And she runs down, and I really feel like she felt sorry for me, so she married me. But she says, oh, bless your heart. Those are not the words that you wanted to hear. What you want to hear is, you are such a man. How did you do that? That was amazing. You know, but that's not what she said. She said, bless your heart. And then from that, 
we started to talk. I don't know why, but we started to talk. And then over the course of four years when we were at college, we pursued one another. That's how we got married. There was a pursuit. It, it was an action. We didn't sit back and just hope and maybe it will happen. We pursued. And this is what it looks like when the Lord says that we're called to pursue him, that we're called to seek him. Let me just throw this out to you. Throughout scripture, you're going to hear two words a lot, seek and pursue. L listen, there's just a handful of them. Psalm 105.4 says, look to the Lord, see his strength, seek his face always. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. My heart said, seek his face. Your face, O Lord, I will seek. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. I'm pursuing they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the Lord their Savior. Such is the generation of those who, I say seek, seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Look to the Lord in his strength, seek his face always. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And then Amos 5, 4 says, this is what I, the Lord of Israel, say. Seek me and what? Live. Like, and there's tons more. You, you, you can go through scripture. You can rip out a thousand more scripture verses with these two words of seek and, and pursue. And so this language that we see throughout scripture is about seeking the Lord. Not sitting back and maybe I'll grow in my faith. Not sitting back and going, maybe I'll be a, a better believer or whatever. There is a pursuit of the Lord in the Christian life. Amen. Let me share with you quickly what the, the definitions of seek uh, and pursue mean. The word seek in the Hebrew and the Strong's Concordance says this, to search out by any method needed. Whatever method is needed, I'm going to search you out. The word pursue, to find or employ measures to obtain or accomplish, to chase something with great effort and energy. And so when the Lord says to seek and pursue, it's not a timid thing. It, it's not like, well, you know, if I find myself there, I'll do it. If, if I've got some time built up in my schedule, I'll go after it. Th this is not timid language. Search out by any method needed to, to, to find or employ a measure so that you can obtain it or accomplish it. This is not timid language. This is warlike language. Amen? And this is what I see 2023 being for the body of Christ, a people who are in desperate pursuit, seeking after him. This is the men and women that you see in scripture, such as David or Moses, or that woman who crawls through the crowd in Mark 5. You remember her? Ble she's bleeding for 12 years. Could, she knew in her mind, even if I got to get on my hands and knees, by any means necessary, whatever method I have to do, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to get to this guy who I know is healing people. So she had such a faith that the means that were necessary for her to get to Jesus was to get down on the crowded street and to work her way through by crawling on her hands and knees through Lord knows what was on those streets. If only that she could touch the hem of his garments. Remember what happens in Mark 5? She touches the hem. Jesus swings around. He says, who touched me? His disciples are a bit freaked out because everybody's touching him. 
But there was a woman who touched him with such great faith because she would do anything she needed to do to pursue him. And she gets to the hem of his garment and she touches it and he says, I felt power go out from me. Now listen to me, church. This is a big deal. If we see this story and this woman touches the hem of his garment and this is when Jesus was walking on planet earth and now he's with the Father and he's given us the Holy Spirit, now we don't need to touch the hem of his garment. We get to touch all of him because he's given us his heart. So why in the world are we settling for the hem of his garment when we can have the fullness of him? Amen? This is what 2023 pursuit is all about. So even today, like, why are we here? What are we doing? You could be doing a thousand things. Some of you guys stayed up late. Anybody stay up late? Well, I know why you're at 930. Chiefs play at noon. I get that part. But, like, why are we here? We're here because there's something that's drawing you in in this new year of going, maybe, maybe this will be good for me. Maybe something can happen in my life that will be different. Maybe the pursuits of everything I've been chasing after in this life that are not fulfilling me every time I'm almost there, maybe there's something more. I had a, a good pastor friend, um, and, and he watched a couple of our services online one time, and they're a bit more structured than we are. And he says, um, hey, tell me about your services. They're not normal. I was like, I'm not sure how to take that. Um, and really, really what his question was, do you guys actually, ha- like, do you have a plan? Do you have a schedule? I was like, we, 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 okay. I see what you did there. Okay. And so I was like, absolutely, man. We have a plan. We have a, we have a schedule. And and I said, but, but honestly, our heart as a church is that although we have a plan and a schedule, we don't stick to the plan and the schedule if the Lord leads us in different places. And, and the reason is, is we're not coming to church because we have a plan and a schedule. We're coming to seek and pursue the heart of Jesus. So when we come to seek and pursue the heart of Jesus, sometimes what happens is worship goes a little longer. And you start singing songs, and you're like, it's not on the screen. And it's not on the screen because you can sing whatever you want. Or sometimes the preaching goes a little bit longer. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen. The other reason you come to 930, you know we've got a cutoff at 11. <laughs> I, know your, I know your ways. I get it. So, <laughs> so, so, so this is why sometimes the message goes a longer. Or prayer. Sometimes prayer goes a little longer. Why? Because it's not something that's scheduled. It's in pursuit and seeking out the Father's heart. Amen? This is what 2023 looks like. Yeah, I've got a plan in life. Yeah, I'm going to work, and and I'm raising my kids, and I'm doing my family thing, and I'm storing up a little bit 401k just in case retirement does get to come, right? I'm doing those things. But Lord, at any moment, change my plan. At any moment, get me off, because I'm not trying to go after the plan that I've made. I want the plan that you've made. This is what 2023, seeking and pursuing the Lord, is all about. Seek and pursue. It's the things that we're passionate about are the things that we'll pursue. Like, if you tell me what you're into, you tell me your hobbies, things you do, I'll tell you what you're passionate about. The things that we're passionate about are the things that we seek and pursue. I, I love watching in this season all the uh, different bowl games and, and different things that are going on. And one of the things that you'll find is in these bowl games that, that I love is, is you'll see um, these close games. Right, so, so, so all of a sudden some of these games have been going into overtime or it's been like tied up. And so one of the things I think we do at times in our life is, is we, instead of seeking and pursuing till the end, we get a little sidetracked off of those. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. I watched KU, oh, that hurt, play in their bowl game, okay? 
I watched it. I want to see, I want to see KU play. Obviously, I'm a K-State fan. But I watched them play. And so here they are. It's like three minutes and 30 seconds left, right? I shut it off. Anybody else shut it off? Like, they're done. This game's over. This is finito. They're finished. They're down two scores. It is what it is, right? I shut off only to wake up the next day and see that it was like the most epic showdown in overtime that came back onside kick. And this is what I sometimes feel like with, with, with the Lord, is that I'll seek Him and pursue Him up into my time frame, but I'll never go into overtime with Him. So what happens is I go, Lord, you got four quarters to speak to me. You don't do it in four quarters, I'm done. I'm out. So my pursuit goes up to a certain time frame, and the Lord's going, do you know how exciting overtime is? Like, that's when things get real. Amen? Yeah. That's when people are throwing things at their TV. We believe we coach better than all the KU coaches, which I do. Um, <laughs> so the Lord is like, man, we, we are boxing him in in our pursuit. We can't do it anymore. So we pursue the things that we're passionate about. So in this pursuit, what does your pursuit reveal to you? There was really kind of three things um, that I felt like the Lord had showed me that your pursuit's going to reveal to you. Number one, your pursuit is going to develop the patterns in your life. How you pursue the Lord is going to develop the patterns in your life. What do you do? What are the patterns in your life? Do you, do you get up? Do you have a devotion time? Do you, do you get up? Do you have a prayer time? Do, do you meet with the Lord over your lunch hour? Like, what does your patterns look like? Do you pray with, if you're married, do you pray with your spouse at, at night? Do you, if you have kids, do you pray with your kids at night? So your pursuit will reveal or develop the patterns in, in your life. It will determine your position. Your pursuit will determine your position. Let me say, say what I mean by that. How Jesus sees you is important. How you see Jesus is important. Amen? How you see Jesus. But then how Jesus sees you is important. So as I pursue him, and I'm in his word, and I'm pursuing him, here's the language I'm reading. You're a son. You're an heir. You're a child. You're, you're, you're his beloved. We just sang that song. You're his beloved. Like, so now all of a sudden, my pursuit has now determined my position that I'm in with Christ. He sees me as in. Amen? And then the last thing is not only to develop your patterns and it determines your positions, it drives your purpose. Now, now my pursuit is driving my purpose, not my schedule, not my game plan, not the things that I've written down for my life's plan. That's not driving me anywhere. Those are important, but now what drives my purpose is my pursuit of him. This is where I find life. Amen, church? One of my favorite scripture verses, um, it's always been kind of a, a life verse to me, is Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 12. And uh, I've, I've always loved the book of Philippians. It's, it's just one of my favorite, favorite ones. I want to read this to you, but I'm going to read it in context for just a minute. So I'm going to start with verse 2. And here's what Paul has to say. He says, look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. So there's a war going on uh, in this time that, that if you wanted to come into Christ or Christianity, you had to be circumcised, right? Cutting some manhood going on, right? So, so there was this war. Uh, uh, and they were like, if you want to know Jesus, you got to do these things. You got to do these rituals. You got to do this step by step deal. And so Paul says, watch out for that. Don't get sucked in to those who want to say that you can have Christ by being mutilated in the flesh. Look what he says. For we are the circumcision. We are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. Circumcision doesn't give me confidence in the flesh. Circumcision of the heart by the Spirit gives me confidence, amen? 
Okay, here we go. Though I myself may have reason for confidence in the flesh, now he's going to tell you, if there was any reason for confidence, this guy's got the pedigree of pedigrees. He says, if anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence of flesh, Paul says, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day, because he was a Jew, of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, so he's top dog of top dog, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, because that's what it was meant. You got to persecute the church. He says these words, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. In other words, Paul's going, I kept the law. I did it. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ Jesus and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may, somebody say know him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, here's what I want to get into. So that's his setup for this. Not that I've already obtained all this. I've made it yet. Not that I've already obtained all this or been made perfect yet, but I press on to make my, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Come on. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. Here's 2023. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me break three things down that I think we can get for some maybe New Year's resolutions for us or, or New Year's goals for us or New Year's ideas for us as we press in and pursue the Lord in this new year. Number one, the first thing that we got to start with is we've got to, in humility, humbly look at our current spiritual condition. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know that anybody really likes to do that. I don't know that anybody really likes to get just naked before the Lord. I'm not, not saying like physically naked, right? That's just like a spiritual term, right? We don't need to get actually naked. You, guys, you hear me on that? We're good? Nobody stripped down. We're good. So like come before the Lord bearing it all, and you get before the Lord, and you humbly come for him to say, search my heart, Jesus. What does my spiritual condition look like? Search my heart heart. It's maybe one of the most difficult things to do is to really ask the Lord to, to search our, our hearts and to evaluate where you're at in your spiritual condition. And let me say why I think that is. Because I think all of us in this room want to believe we're in a pretty good spot. I think all of us in this room want to believe what we all kind of have a terminology in doing, which is, look, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm in a pretty good place. Right? Amen? And so what happens is, is that instead of humbly looking deep down inside, we kind of just throw it out like, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I could probably grow a, a little bit, but overall, I think I'm doing okay. We don't necessarily like to be bare before the Lord, naked before the Lord in our heart, and laying it down going, Lord, show me where my spiritual condition is. And I'll tell you why. Because if I'm in my own life, if I've done that, and I've done it a few times, in those moments, man, it's made me go, oh, man, there's some junk inside. There, there's some filth inside. 
there's definitely pride inside. There's just things inside that I don't have to deal with. And so it's very difficult to evaluate at times our spiritual condition. And so let me just give you some hope here. Paul says these words, not that I've already obtained all of this or have been made perfect. Let me tell you what Paul's saying. He's giving some understanding that this very thing that, 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 that he's promoting, the very thing that he's going after, this pursuit of the Lord, he's saying, I need you to know, I, the Apostle Paul, the one who's seen Jesus, got knocked off his horse, blinded by light, I, Paul, have room to grow. So I'm going to tell you right now, I, Aaron, have room to grow. Do you have room to grow? So I'm going to evaluate that spiritual condition in my heart. I'm going to do what Paul says to do in Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to, right? But think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. In other words, Lord, I get it. You've got some things that you need to do in my life. I have not quite reached it yet. In fact, I feel like many times I'm far off from it. Let Let me tell you why this is important. Okay, the biggest killer of intimacy, I get to do a lot of marriage uh, counseling with, uh, premarital counseling uh, especially, with couples getting ready to get married. And one of the things that we share all the time is we say, the biggest killer of intimacy is pride. Pride kills intimacy. I'm not just talking physical intimacy, I'm saying pride kills emotional intimacy. I gotta be right, it's gotta be my way, it's gotta be what I think. Pride is the biggest killer of intimacy. And so one of the things that the Lord gives us the opportunity to do is see if there's any pride in there thinking that we're pretty big stuff, and get rid of that pride. Amen? And so, um, how do we grow then? The very first thing, we got to start and ask ourselves what our spiritual condition is. And this is what Paul says. Um, let me just say this. Sometimes what happens is in, 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 in our life when we're kind of evaluating our spiritual condition is we'll realize that the things that we thought we were really good at, we're not so good at. Amen? <laughs> the things that I thought I was nailing, I I really need to sharpen, I really need to change some of those things. And so it requires humility. I just want to encourage you. And then what that does is as you evaluate that spiritual condition, it gives urgency now in your life. I can't just sit back and I've got to pursue. I can't just wait. I've got to pursue. Number two, let me me just throw these out. I've got to quickly go through this. So look at your spiritual condition. Number two, put your past in its place. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Once you've looked at your spiritual condition, a bunch of ugly things are going to rise up at times. You're going to be reminded of when, man, I was a horrible father to my kids. I'm going to be reminded of times where, man, I've not treated my spouse very well. Uh, Man, I did not do the things I was supposed to do. You're going to be reminded of things in your past, whatever those things may be. Let me tell you what Paul says. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, somebody say forgetting. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Paul's, Paul's not saying that he's forgotten everything, that it's just all erased and it's just gone forever. What, what he's saying is simply this, I choose to fix my eyes on something that's more important. N- not my failures, not even my successes. Remember up here, he's talking about his pedigree, all the things that he's done in his life. He's like, I'm choosing to strain, not for what lies behind. I don't want to go back to my past. I don't want to go back to the failures and the wounds. I don't want to go back to even the successes. I choose to set my eyes on something that's more important. And so many times what we do is we don't put our past in its place. And what rises up to bite us is success grabs us again, and all of a sudden pride, pride rises back up. Or 
What rises up is my past failures come to grab me and they pull me back down. Does that make sense, church? And so Paul is simply saying, I'm not going to see what lies behind me anymore. I'm going to fix my eyes on what lies ahead. And so we got to put our past back in its place. I remember um, last year I set a goal. And one of my goals is I wanted to learn to play the guitar. And if you know me, I have zero patience. <laughs> and if I can't pick the guitar up and be really good and play, you know, awesome right away, then it drives me crazy. And so I was like, not going to do it. Not this year. Like, I'm 44 years old. I'm going to pick this thing up. I'm going to nail it, right? So I pick up the guitar. For three days, I'm in my office. The guys are like, wow, you're really doing it, Aaron. Three days. On day four, I couldn't be awesome at it. I put it away. I never got it back out again. Let me, let me tell you what happened. That has come back to bite me. I, I have wanted to play. Uh, this year, I was like, I'm going to play the guitar this year. And all of a sudden, this little, I know it sounds stupid, but this little voice comes and says, you've tried it the last three years. You failed miserably. You know what I'm going to do in 2023? I'm going to play the guitar. <laughs> Maybe not great, but I'm going to play the guitar. Because here's the thing. I need to put my past back in its place. Amen? Okay, number three. Number three. Once we put our past back in its place, once we evaluate our current spiritual condition, then there is this passionate pursuit of Christ. Here's what he says in verse 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Amen, church. Let me tell you when he says that he presses on towards the goal. That word press on towards the goal is again an action word. It is an active word. It requires something from you. Paul doesn't say, I sit back and I watch the goal from afar and hope it comes to me. It's not what he says. He doesn't say, I sit back and I do my thing and I just kind of watch it, kind of even just will it over to me, even pray it over to me. That's not what he says. He says, I press on. Somebody say, press on. I press on towards the, the goal of the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've said these words. I've said these words a lot. When somebody says, hey, are you, you know, working on things in your life? Like, like being a better husband. I'll say, I'm working on it. Anybody ever say, I'm working on it? Being a better father? I, I'm working on it. I don't know if you've said those words. I've said those words. Let me tell you, there's a huge difference between I'm working on it and actually working on it. And I'm really good. Maybe you're really good at saying those words. I'm working on it and not really having any action behind it. So that action that Scripture is calling us to pursue Him, it's not inactive. It's not sit back. It's going to come to you. Paul says, I press on to grab hold of the prize of Jesus Christ. Oh. Your pursuit develops your patterns. Your pursuit determines your position. Your pursuit drives your purpose. Here's what the Lord says in Hebrews 11:6. The author says these words, that the Lord rewards those who diligently, somebody say diligently, diligently seek Him. We talk a lot about the woman in the alabaster jar. She comes in, she breaks the alabaster jar, she pours it on the feet of Jesus. You guys remember that story? If you don't, you can read it in the Gospels. 
We talk a lot about the woman in the alabaster jar. She comes in, breaks the most expensive bottle of perfume or oil that you can imagine. The people are in the room are indignant. She pours on the feet of Jesus. Jesus is glorified in that moment because of what she did. And I've often wondered, why did she break the alabaster jar? Why did she just open it? Like, why did she just open it and just kind of pour it out? And I'm going to tell you, I, I believe this is why. Because when she broke the jar, there was no return. When she broke the jar, she couldn't go back and say, I'm going to pour a little bit out. I realize that there's a lot of money in this thing. I'm just going to pour a little bit. I'm going to put the cap back on and I'm going to take it and do what I want to do. The moment that she broke it, it was wasted. She got poured out now. Amen? And she can't just pour it a little bit out. She might as well pour it all out. The jar is broken. And the Lord showed me in this moment that for so many people, 2023, the pursuit is don't open the jar of pursuit and pour a little bit out on Jesus. Break the jar. Pursue him with everything you have. Seek him and you will find him when you seek him with what? Your whole heart. That's all I got today. So here's what I want to just challenge us with, encourage us with as we get ready to leave. The band's going to sing the song to close. I'm going to ask you to stand. Will you go ahead and stand with us? Would you just take a minute, just put your hands out, close your eyes just say, Lord, increase my pursuit. Increase my desire to seek after you. I pray, Jesus, that you would take every heart in this room today, and I pray that we would take this kind of inactive, sometimes feeling of, well, I'm just going to sit back and see what the Lord does. I pray that we would put action behind it. I pray that 2023 would be known as the year where we pursued you with all that we had. We sought you with all of our hearts. And that your word says you reward those who diligently seek you. So Father, I pray for this congregation of believers, 2023, right now on this Sunday, first day, day one, January 1, we will be men and women who pursue you, who pursue you, who seek after you, and your word says you will be found. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thanks for listening to today's message. To find out more about who we are, find us on the Church Center app. See you all next week.